Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's up, champs? Welcome into another episode of the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and across city lines for me right now is my buddy, Derek. We have a jam-packed schedule for you today. Derek, how you doing today, man? We got Thursday Night Football was a blast. No, oh, yes. We got week one coming up. Oh, my God. Thursday Night was a nail-biter. I, uh... My fingers are, are chewed to the bone, man. I, I, a Bucks fan over here, man. It was a very stressful game, but we got the win, so it was a great night for fantasy, man. A lot of options definitely performed, so it's pretty awesome. Got the dub, man. I, that was that was actually a lot uh, a lot closer of a game than I thought it was going to be. I, I didn't know that Dallas was going to be able to to move the ball against Tampa's defense the way they did, man. Yeah, I wasn't buying the – because the line kept growing. Like, the line kept getting bigger. I think it got up to nine points at one point. Yeah. And it started off, I think, at six and a half, got up to, I believe it was seven, and then by kickoff, I believe it was at eight. Or, like, right before kickoff was at eight. Like, when we did the show on Wednesday, the line was at eight. Or eight and a half. Yeah, and then and I, I, I picked to, them to cover that man. And that then was... it jumped up to nine. Like I, number one, I didn't buy the whole the fact that Tampa was going to blow them out. Tampa is not a team that blows people out. Okay, we're a bend but don't break defense. We got a good offense, but we make mistakes. Like you, you saw, like our running backs are, yes, <laughs> the running backs almost hand. We're trying to give Dallas the win. That's what was happening. So, <laughs> but uh, we won't make excuses. Got the win, and uh, moving on to. Uh, this episode, man, uh, we got the Sunday Siege, all right? It's the episode we're going to post on weekends, okay? The purpose of this show is to give listeners a head start on week two waivers, all right? We're going to take a look at some week two waiver claims you can make before the rest of your league gets a chance. Working the waiver wire is all about being first, all right? And the most willing to spend. You have to be first and the most willing to spend your money, Okay. The best way to utilize your fab budget is to look ahead to next week and make moves now before the regular Tuesday waiver run. Okay. Justin, you ready to get into it, man? Let's do it, man. Spartans! What is your profession? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So we are definitely going to be raiding the waiver wire today. Let's do it, man. I Got to make some moves, I'm excited. man. So when we say pick these guys up, I'm not saying to pick them up for this week. We've already done that. Your lineup should already be pretty much locked in. It should already you, the guys that you're going to start that you know you're going to play should already be in your lineup already. Like your lineup should be good to go Saturday night. Unless some of you have panicked yeah. with the drafting of Gus Edwards. Rest in peace this season, bro. Cause yeah. that was that was a tough loss, man. So I know some people are out there scrambling left left, right, and center, but the main purpose of this show this week is to get you ahead of the game for week two. So that way you're actually saving a little bit of fab and these are guys to stash for uh on your bench 
in hopes of next week they got a little fantasy stardom. Absolutely. Now, a lot of the names on this list are going to be, you know, some some dart throw guys. But that's the point of this episode is Saturday morning, Sunday night, taking a shot, throwing darts at under-the-radar players who, after week one, could be like the next number one waiver target that everyone in your league is going to want stash them now this is what this episode is for stashing them now so you don't have to worry about that all right last year i stashed james robinson on a saturday before week one and then he ended up being the starter and was a top 10 running back so the only way the best way to dominate the waiver wire is to listen to these episodes and do pick these players up that we're talking about right now because they could be huge for you after this week. All right, so we're going to start with the quarterback position. I've got one. Um, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater against Jacksonville. I know it's on the road. Uh, typically, you like your home players more. But that Jacksonville defense is bad, man. It is bad. It's a, and it's very nice. It's very nice. Yes. Yeah, so the you know Teddy Bridgewater with all those mat, all those uh, weapons on offense could be a good streaming start for you. And we too got to love it, man. Teddy Bridgewater. Throwing a Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, all the running backs he's got. I like it against a bad defense. Um, if you're streaming quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater is a solid option to pick up in week two. Justin, I know you are trying the zero quarterback theory in our main league. Maybe uh Teddy Oh man, I I definitely punted the position completely. Uh I went I went completely uh, no quarterback in our draft, and I am definitely playing the streaming game this year. I feel solid with the rest of my team, so if I can go streamer, uh, I'm uh, I'm definitely finding those, trying to find the diamond in the roughs here. Yeah, so sure. my guy, I like the Teddy Bridgewater pick. Um, I think that against Jacksonville, you can't ask for a better matchup. I think he's going to uh, produce very well in week two. Guy that I'm kind of looking at, he might be on your waiver wire. He might not. Kind of depends on how your league is. I know currently in our league he's not, Derek. But it's Baker Mayfield, man, against Houston. Oh, Week yeah. two. That's that right there, man. I I don't know if that's going to be just a dominating for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt where, you know, Baker's going to actually be, you know, really relevant. But I, I'm willing to take that shot on Baker Mayfield, especially if you're in that streaming category. Most likely, he should be on your way, Briar. I would probably go ahead and stash him. Uh, a guy for me, though, that it's this is not a pretty pick whatsoever, man. But if for some reason this dude survives the carnage that's about to happen oh, no, this don't weekend, do it. don't do it. If, if if he's about to survive this carnage that's going to happen. After week one, he's still alive and still kicking in week two, and he is the starter. Andy Dalton might actually have a decent week. He plays the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a very nice matchup. I mean, I I don't like it, but if you're in a pinch and you do need somebody out there and he is the starter, I don't think you can go I can think you can do a lot worse than Andy Dawn in that matchup. Let's see if he actually is the week two starter because I think he is the um, the sacrificial lamb yeah. Yeah. this week. <laughs> and then uh, if Justin Fields is out there, man, that should be exciting. But 
Absolutely, man. I mean, I do like the matchup, and he has good weapons, but let's see. Yeah. And again, we're, like we're saying, these are not guys we're starting this week. This is a, I'm going to pick them up now, see how week one plays out. And if they are not what I think they are, I'm going to cut them for the week, for the actual week two waiver targets. Okay. So, yes, I like, I like the two picks you gave there. Um, if, if you can get Baker Mayfield, absolutely. I think the game script in the beginning of the game could be very positive for Baker. If he comes out on fire, he could throw for a couple touchdowns and then they start to lean on the run towards the end of the game because they're blowing him out. That's a very realistic outcome. And then, uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't really like it, but the matchup's good. And if he's, if he's the guy, if he performs well, um, in, in week one, then absolutely you could, you could stream in week two. So, all right, so let's talk about some running backs real quick. This one, this first one I got is based strictly off of Austin Eckler's injury or potential injury. Uh, Larry Roundtree, the running back for the Los Angeles Chargers, may not be the direct backup to Austin Eckler, but because like you have Justin Jackson, you've got Joshua Kelly there as well. But Larry Roundtree is a guy that kind of flashed in the preseason, and I think that if he gets an opportunity, he could be... A, at least like a goal line back for them. So if you have Austin Eckler, maybe just throw a Larry Roundtree on the end of your bench just to see, just to see what happens. Like if Eckler does not play in week one, then you can absolutely uh, count on Larry Roundtree getting some sort of workload, whether it's uh, fantasy viable or not. Uh, that remains to be seen. But the players that people normally spend the most fab on are those running backs that get the number one job. Right. So like, why not stash him now and just see if he gets a huge workload if Eckler's out? Yeah, man, I, I, I like that. I definitely like that pick. That's a nice one. All right. And the second one I've got is Atlanta running back Wayne Gallman. He plays Tampa Bay in week two. So this is not a this is not for you to start him against Tampa Bay. OK. And you're really not probably not starting him in week one either. So. But this is a purely a he could be a huge part of the offense moving forward. And people are going to be scared off him because of the matchup. But he gets a favorable schedule after their bye week, so it does get better. But they brought this guy in because they knew Mike Davis is probably not a guy who's going to shoulder a huge workload throughout the entire season. So Wayne Gallman could eventually be a guy that you can use. And I'm willing to stash him now before everyone else is realizing this. Just to have him on the end of my bench, if he sits there for a couple weeks, that's fine with me. Um, maybe you don't have to pick him up before week one because people will be scared off of the Tampa Bay matchup because Tampa Bay just held Zeke Elliott to under 35 yards rushing, and they held the entire Dallas team to under, I think, 65 yards rushing. So that's not a matchup that you're going to want to start any running back in. Like I would probably sit Mike Davis next week. That's probably going to be a sit for me in our, in our uh, start shit, start sit show. So Justin, you got any running backs? Um, maybe, uh, I mean, again, not a, not a very pretty one, but I could maybe see, I, I'm very interested to see how James White is going to produce this week. Mm-hmm. And next week they're playing the New York jets. So maybe if uh, James White's out there on your league, I wouldn't mind maybe picking him up and seeing how he is utilized. Uh, if he is utilized out there, I know uh, Ramondre Stevenson looked phenomenal on the preseason, but I I definitely think he's uh, hidden in down in that depth chart. So I, I 
PPR wise, especially, I, I would go ahead and, and maybe take a shot on James White if he's got a good uh if they if it looks like they're about to use him and utilize him the same way as he always has been, especially now with a uh non mobile quarterback of Mac Jones uh behind center. I think that uh, you could definitely take the shot on him and see what happens. Absolutely. He was definitely a PPR viable option when Tom Brady was there because he's not, a, they weren't a rushing, they're not rushing quarterbacks. Like him and Tom Brady and Mac Jones are not the same quarterback. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but they are stylistically the same because they are immobile and they check down instead of running. So absolutely James White can be a guy that racks up some PPR points. So I actually have him in my, in my main league and I'm really counting on that because I have Rojo as well. And Rojo scored less points yeah, than Cam Akers rough. last week. So yeah, it's uh, rough. Yeah, it's rough. So I'm really hoping James White breaks out, man. So stash him on the end of your bench. Absolutely. So, all right, let's talk some wide receivers real quick. I've got two. Okay. I've got Denver wide receiver, KJ Hamler at Jacksonville. Again, we were talking about this before. At Jacksonville, great matchup. If he has solid production in week one, I would be willing to flex him in a pinch if you're really in a pinch, though. So it really depends on what his what his role is in the offense. If he's the starting slot, which I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I know that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are both, they profile as outside guys, so there's a chance that KJ Hamler could be the slot receiver. And if that's the case... Teddy Bridgewater did support three top 25 receiving options in Carolina. I know they have Noah Fant, but I really haven't seen anything from Noah Fant that is going to convince me. Like he's, he's to me, he's got the same potential to have a good uh, target share as KJ Hamler. Like KJ Hamler is a fast guy. He's a decent route runner. And, you know, he made some splash plays last year. Noah Fant has made splash plays, but nothing consistent. So, Throw KJ Hamlin on the end of your bench. See see how it goes. See what the week one see what week one looks like. He's got a solid matchup in week two against Jacksonville. So I would be I'm going to be targeting uh, Jacksonville's defense uh, with my offensive uh, streamers each week. Yeah, I like it, man. Uh, one guy that I got and um, I actually drafted him. We we have a little bit deeper of a bench in our league, but uh, leagues out there that. Might not have a deep, as deep of, of a bench. He might be there on your waiver wires. He is labeled a starter, and it's Amarante Brown uh, from the Detroit Lions, man. I like this, he, I like this a lot. Uh, he is a projected starter, man. He is labeled a starter on the depth chart right now, and you're going to learn real quick what the usage is going to be, and I think he's going to be a guy that Jared Goff can go ahead and lean on. He needs to be a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, next week, they're playing Green Bay, so not the best matchup, but I think uh, Alexander is going to be more on Tyrell Williams. So I think he's going to be able to utilize and going to get him the ball. So I, I definitely think Amarante Brown can be a, a stash for you, and let's see how he plays out, man. Absolutely. All right, my next guy is the Philly wide receiver, Quez Watkins. Uh, this is mostly me trying to catch lightning in a bottle, okay? Flash in the preseason. Limited pass catchers in Philadelphia. You've got the rookie, uh, Devonta Smith, dealing with some injuries. He might be ready to go for week one, but, you know, it's it's. I feel like it's kind of thin in uh, the receiving core. So uh, Jalen Rager hasn't been, you know, what everyone thought he would be. So trying to catch lightning in a bottle, man. Quez Watkins had that screen pass in the preseason. I don't know if you remember that, Justin, but he took that screen pass like 80 yards to the house. So he definitely has big play ability. And if he's a... 
if he's a big part of this offense, why not? Throw him on the end of your bench, see what it looks like, man, because Quez Watkins could be he could be that guy that you know we're talking about as a um like a true breakout that came out of literally nowhere, right? So Yep. I like it. I like Quez Watkins and I'd pick him up. Heck yeah, man. All right, my last I actually have two guys. I uh, I'm not a hundred they're on the same team. I uh, just don't know which one's going to take over the role for Curtis Samuel. Um, so Adam Humphreys and um, Deami Brown, both very, very interesting this week. I want to see how how they're both utilized. I think they're both going to get some work this, uh, this week. And then next week they come out and they play the New York Giants on Thursday Night Football. So I think the way that the Washington football team is going to play – on Sunday, I think they have too quick of a turnaround, so I think that utilization is going to be the same come Thursday night. So I think whoever is that guy to maybe take a step forward in that Curtis Samuel role is definitely worth a waiver wire for at least three weeks until Curtis Sam, uh, Samuel comes back, and he might be out longer. Well, even if he comes back in three weeks, it could be a, something that like lingers or – Reaggravates, or he could be dealing with this for a long time. So, I love these two players. I love that you brought these guys up. For me, I'd rather have Deami Brown because I think he has me more too. of that wide receiver two on that team upside. Like he could probably take over that role and be a superstar. I know I'm gonna I'm back up real quick. Maybe not a superstar, but at least a guy that provides solid uh, production for you. I love. He'd be a vi- He could. I could definitely see a world where he's a viable fantasy option and that solid uh, weekend, week out flex position. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adam Humphreys is more of that PPR guy. So if, if it's half PPR, maybe I would, I would, I would probably favor Deami Brown a little bit more, but if it's full PPR, I could, I would not fight anybody if they chose Adam Humphreys to stash on their bench because yeah. he's going to guy that's going to work the slot and he's going to get some, a, a pretty good target share. So, um, Adam Humphreys kind of reminds me of the like a Jarvis Landry of this team. Yeah. Like he, you know what I'm saying? Like he just has that, like it's not a very high floor, but it's like a safe, you know, he's going to get you what you need. So I think it, it also deba- uh, depends on roster construction. So if you're looking for maybe a home run swing for the fences, I would probably go with Deami Brown. I think he, he provides a higher ceiling than Adam Humphreys, but I think Adam Humphreys, I don't know if he would completely like bust on you. I think he would give you at least a couple points. Yeah. And just remember when uh, um, Terry McLaurin was a rookie, he was a guy that was not drafted and not picked up uh, week one. He was a guy that exploded right out of the gate and everyone was rushing to the waiver wire to get him. Now, Deami Brown has that potential in my, in my, uh, in my opinion, he's a deep threat guy, and you know Fitzpatrick likes to just close his eyes and chuck it up in the air, or you know get his face ripped off while he's throwing the ball. So, absolutely stashing these guys. So, all right, so I've got. Let's move into some tight ends real quick. I've only have I only have one. I don't know how many you have, but I have. One. I got one as well. And my tight end that I'm going to throw in here is the New Orleans Jawan Johnson at Carolina. Okay. The the main thing is that he has tight end wide receiver eligibility in sleeper leagues, and there's a lack of pass catchers in New Orleans with Traquan Smith being added to the IR. They don't have Michael Thomas. They do have Alvin Kamara and Marquez Calloway. But then who's that third guy? You know, Juwan Johnson could be that guy. And 
James is going to have to target someone. And if it's not Kamara, if if defenses are focusing on Kamara, if defenses are focusing on Callaway, Jawan Johnson could be a guy that has some solid production for you. And it never hurts to have a, a fantasy viable option with multiple position eligibility in your league. I had last year, uh, Robert Tunyon had wide receiver tight end eligibility. And in great matchups, I actually started him in my wide receiver slot and I'll, and then threw John Smith in there as well. It's a good strategy. Um, it's it's never a bad thing to have guys that have flexibility on your roster. Yeah, uh, I definitely like that, especially with the um, lack of wide receivers that New Orleans Saints are playing with right now. So I like that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy I got at tight end is, is a guy that you're going to find out week one what is his role in this offense and it's the rookie tight end out of the los angeles chargers donald parham uh i want to see how this guy is going to be utilized this week it's definitely a guy that i want to stash he's currently uh the number two tight end behind jared cook on the depth chart but i can definitely see him overtaking that and jared cook kind of taking a step back if he does become the starting tight end Hunter Henry was a very viable option last year for Justin Herbert and I think, and for fantasy football. And I think that he could become at least a, a a streaming candidate for you, especially if you punted the position at tight end and you, and you're, you're hurting or something like that. I definitely think you, um, Donald Parham is going to be somebody that you can, you're going to see week one, what's going to happen. Absolutely. I like it. Okay, so some defenses to target, and this is probably my favorite part of this strategy, this overall strategy, this overall thought process, is stashing defenses the weekend before, right? So the number one, obviously, the number one defense next week is going to be the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans. They're at home. That defense is nasty. The Texans have a bottom half of the league offensive line. This could be a game where Cleveland is dominating and getting sacks and turnovers. This could be a really good game for that defense. And, you know, I would love to have the Cleveland Browns on my team. Uh, So the second defense I'm going to talk about is the Chicago Bears versus Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have a terrible offensive line. Joe Burrow is coming off that ACL. He's going to be, I feel like he's going to be skittish in the pocket, could lead to some sacks. They didn't do to me enough to address that offensive line in the offseason. So, this could be a game where Chicago with Khalil Mack gets gets some good pressure on him, gets some sacks, some turnovers. Uh, you've got a rookie wide receiver making his first start in over in more than a year. He hasn't played since 2019, Jamar Chase. So how's that offense going to look? It hasn't looked good so far in the preseason. Since the Chicago Bears have a decent defense that could take advantage of that, and I will be stashing them everywhere. So, All right. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go if they are on your waiver wire, they might not be, but best matchup for me next week is the new England Patriots against the New York jets. Uh, it is shown that bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks alive. He is defensive game plan is phenomenal when it comes to playing against rookie quarterbacks. And especially in the second week of this man's, career i think that zach wilson's in for a rough time next week uh you already saw it man justin herbert was lighting the world on fire he ran into bill belichick and got destroyed 
by that defense. It was one of his worst fantasy productions last year. Uh, so I think that the New England Patriots is definitely a nice stash. I actually just went ahead and did that on one of my leagues where I stashed him for next week because I think uh, you're going to have a very, very good output for your defense if it's the New England Patriots. Absolutely. All right. So the last thing we're going to talk about in this section, we're going to talk about handcuffs real quick. My philosophy on handcuffs is I'm really not going to add them to my roster until like Sunday morning. Okay. So if, or the, or like right before the game starts, right? So do me a favor, everyone listening, go and check your league settings. There should be a setting that will either allow or not allow you to drop players that who like drop a player from your team that has already played. If that setting is not on and you can drop players that have already played, you should take advantage of this. It's allowed by the system. Like I know it sounds kind of sleazy, but if it's available, use it. So let's say, uh, you know, you got a Thursday night player like Blake Jarwin, who didn't do anything on Thursday, cut him and add one of these, one of these handcuffs. Because what happens if Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Chris Carson, or Miles Gaskin go down? Then one of these four guys that we're going to talk about in a second are going to be the number one waiver pickup come Tuesday afternoon. So add them to your bench now and skip all of the, save all that fab money. Just save it all. Okay. All right. Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Justin, which of the two, uh, which of these two running backs do you think would be the better handcuff to, or to manage to, to have on your roster if Clyde were to go down? Uh, I would definitely 100% want Daryl Williams over Jerry McKinnon. Okay. Yeah, I kind of agree there. Jerry McKinnon is more of that. Uh, he's, a, he's a serious dart throw. Like, it, yes. it could be Daryl Williams. And Daryl Williams is a pretty good pass catcher, too. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too heavily invested in Jerry McKinnon. But if Daryl Williams is rostered, Maybe just take a shot on Jarek McKinnon to see what happens, okay? Um, and the other two I got is Rashad Penny and Savan Ahmed. Let's just rank these three, okay? So we got Daryl Williams, Rashad Penny, Savan Ahmed. Which order would you have them in uh, to stash on your bench? Um, ooh, that's a... Uh, that's a tough one, right? Yeah, that is tough. What... Man, what what order would you put them in? Because I'm I'm thinking and oh man, for me for you me go I'm the, gonna go I'm gonna go with Shad Penny first okay. because I feel like if Chris Carson goes down, they're not changing their philosophy. They're gonna run the ball still, and I think Rashad Penny could be a guy that can get a decent workload. Then I'll go Savon Ahmed just because I think he's a better back. And the reason why I've got Darrell Williams down at third is if Clyde goes down, it's gonna be Mahomes just throwing the ball. Like literally every play, they might run the ball a couple of times just to keep the defense honest. But I'm not confident Darren Williams is going to command any sort of respectable workload. And I think Savon Ahmed could be—he's pretty much the same type of player as Miles Gaskin. So I think it could be a you know an easy transition if Miles Gaskin goes down, or let's say he's out with COVID, you know whatever. It's a seamless transition. So I would go Penny, Ahmed, and then Darrell Williams as my three. Okay. Um, so I actually would probably go ahead and go, uh, Daryl Williams first. I think that the handcuff to a very dynamic and explosive offense in the Kansas city chiefs, uh, would be, I think that would be very utilized. Uh, if you're, 
you know, if something were to happen to Clyde and they do play Baltimore next week. So that game might be a little bit high scoring, especially with the loss to one of their uh, star uh, defensive players. And then I would probably go Savan Ahmed and then Rashad Penny. The reason being with Rashad Penny is, granted, he was this huge hopeful that was trying, you know, a lot of people wanted him to be successful. They thought he was going to be very good. Um, he's just been hurt with injury and, and hasn't played. But the C- Seattle Seahawks have kept four running backs that they have utilized over the past couple of years. And all three of them, all four of them know the offense and have been utilized in this offense. So if something were to happen to Carson, I think we're looking back at another three committee uh, and uh, like three running back committee. And, you know, I just, I don't know if I, if I would really like Rashad Penny as my guy, I would probably rather have Daryl if something were happening to his starter. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that too. That's, I mean, honestly, you really can't, I feel like you really can't go wrong with these guys. Uh, you make a very valid point about it being a timeshare in Seattle. So maybe I do have an order wrong, but I mean, Rashad Penny's a, a guy they invested a first round pick in. Uh, and I think that they, he would get the first shot at least. And if he is anything like he was supposed to be, then I think it's absolutely, uh, you know, worth taking a shot on him. So, um, yeah. All right. So the last thing we're going to talk about is some lineup adjustments. Um, this is really just a, you know, a way to maximize the flexibility of your roster. The two rules that I kind of, I kind of go by are as follows. Okay. Players on Thursday night football and 1 PM kickoffs on Sunday are out of my flex. Okay. So those guys I'm putting in the, running back or wide receiver slot. And then if you're in super flex, I would put that in the starting quarterback spot. And my super flex would be one of the other games, the 4 p.m. kickoffs, the Sunday night football, the Monday night football kickoffs. So an example for this week would be uh, CMC and Dalvin Cook both play at 1 p.m. They should be in your starting spots, right? Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, they both play at 4 p.m. Move them to your flex, Okay. Now, obviously, um, if you can't move them, it's not like a big deal. But this thing, this will, um, it just maximizes your flexibility. So it may never, like last year with, uh, with all the COVID stuff, you know, those Tuesday night football games last year were, you know, moving, keeping players with those games in your flex. If that player can't play that week, then you can start one of three positions instead of, if that player was in your running back spot and all your other positions have played, now you have to start a running back in that spot. And now you're kind of strapped. Now, now your opponent can block you. Now your opponent can pick up, you know, one of the running backs that's on the waiver wire before you can, and then you're screwed. So I go by these just to make sure that I'm not leaving any stone unturned. So players in Thursday night football, 1 PM kickoff, they're out of my flex players on 4 PM, Sunday night football and Monday night football are in my flex. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't care if I have Christian McCaffrey in my flex. I feel like the, the one thing that people always kind of get wrong is they think that the best players should be in your running back spot and your wide receiver spot and your flex players should be the guys that, you know, the Diami Browns of the world, the, you know, the fringe guys, right? The guys that aren't really, 
supposed to make a huge impact on your roster. They, that's how they kind of set their roster up. And I think that that's, I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't help you if you don't at least try to maximize your flexibility. So yeah, I will absolutely put, uh, like if you're going to flex MVS, like Marquez Valdez Scantling, if you're going to flex him and then he plays on Monday night football or he plays on uh, Thursday night football, I'm throwing him a wide receiver one spot. You don't get any different, any bonus points for putting better players in the wide receiver running back spot. So why not? Uh, I know that's probably a thing that people don't normally do, but if you try it and maybe it pays off for you where a game's canceled and then you actually have more flexibility, Hey man, it's a it's definitely a good thing to to add to your weekly routine when setting lineups. Yeah, man, for sure. All right, that's gonna do it for us tonight, guys. Please go ahead and follow us on all of our social medias at Pigskin Champs on Twitter at Pigskin Champs Pod on Facebook. Justin, week one is here, man. We've got week one games uh, today. Good luck to everybody in your matchups, Justin. Take it away, man. Oh man, I am so excited to sit down and watch all these uh, NFL games. This is going to be oh, football is here, man. Football is here. I'm so excited. Y'all stay safe. Good luck out there. We'll see y'all tomorrow. See ya.